poor Dylan Cease. He came within one out of a masterpiece that would be remembered by White Sox fans for all time. But guess what, White Sox fans? While you may have come up short in the no-hitter department, the team is suddenly back in it in the whole, you know, trying to win a playoff spot department. The pennant races in the American League, which just a few weeks ago looked like foregone conclusions, may be ending into anarchy time as we approach Labor Day. This is Locked On MLB. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and happy Saturday night. This is what I do on Saturday night. Some of you go out and party. Some of you go out and play. But this Emmy-nominated television producer who has been podcasting baseball for well over a decade, my name is Paul Francis Sullivan, is staying home on Saturday night. And let me tell you, uh, by the way, I'm, I'm Paul Francis Sullivan. You can call me Sully if you watch me there. At one point today, I had... Uh, the game of the week, which here in Los Angeles was the Seattle Mariners versus the Cleveland Guardians. I had my old cell phone, which is doesn't have a SIM card anymore, but you can still use it to you know, use the Internet. I had one game playing there. I had a tablet and another game playing there. And I had my cell phone with another game playing there. I was watching four baseball games at the same time. Uh, to paraphrase, Field of Dreams... Is this heaven? No. It's Locked On MLB. Thanks for making us your first listen. As we're available on all your free podcasts and catchers. And uh, hey, uh, thanks so much for uh, tuning. If you're here, um, I see there's one person who's watching us. How you doing, buddy? Um, If you're watching us right now live on the stream, that's fantastic. Chances are you're listening to us in your earbuds. Hey, um, follow us at Locked On MLB Pods. Same handle uh, for Twitter and an Instagram. I'm your pal, Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter. Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Hey, so, yeah, this is the deal. The Chicago White Sox, remember them? Uh, hey, someone named Metallic is there um, who's joining in the live stream. Hey, Metallic, is there any questions you want me to, to answer right here? Because I'm going to be talking a little bit about the White Sox. I'm going to be talking a little bit about... Uh, the Yankees. I'm going to talk a little bit about the Giants. I'm going to talk a little bit about the Mets. I'm going to talk a little bit about the AL Central. All of the above are things where if there's something you want me to talk to and you happen to be watching me live, go ahead and uh, do that. Uh, the White Sox were my pick to win the American League Central this year. Chances are they were your pick as well. They just look like a really good team. And, and look at, I, I'm I'm not going to badmouth Tony La Russa uh, too much. He's a Hall of Fame. He's one of the greatest managers of all time. I personally have never been a Tony La Russa fan. I've always seemed to be rooting against the teams that he's managing. But I, I, you can't help but respect him. I mean, he took a team to the World Series in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, and 2010s, four straight decades. You know, he took, uh, you know, he took three different teams to the postseason. And I always thought it was a shame that he came back because he had the greatest 
riding off into the sunset of any Hall of Fame manager winning Game 7 of the World Series in 2011, but he took the White Sox to the postseason last year. I didn't think it was the right choice for the manager job, not to to you know belittle him. It just was, I felt it was time to take the car keys away from him. And this year, his managerial decisions, let's just be kind and call them terrible. Uh, he just, it was, it just seemed like he was, he just didn't have it anymore. And I felt the, the, when it was clear that this very talented White Sox team that was flopping on, like a fish on the dock needed to, you know, take the car keys from grandpa. And it, it, this isn't me. This isn't like ageism here. It just, he had been away from the game for a decade and he just looked lost. He looked like a great manager who had been away from the game for a decade. You know, there's some managers who have taken time off and came back. Jim Leland did that, you know? Um, you know, but there were just something that wasn't clicking this year. And I thought what they should have done, because, you know, he's so close to uh, Jerry Reinsdorf, the owner of the White Sox, I thought they should have promoted Tony La Russa with some fake title like the vice president of Beans and Franks or Franks and Beans. And because of his advanced age, no one would have thought twice. Well, uh, it's a shame what turned out to happen. It looks like he is having health issues. You know, obviously, Tony La Russa is not a spring chicken anymore. And when you get older, the health issues seem to, you know, cluck in there. And it just, uh, he's had to take an indefinite leave of absence. And while I'm not the biggest fan of him as a manager, he's a human being and, and, and a human being who seems to have a great deal of, you know, empathy and, and with a, with a heart for, you know, he's done work for tons of charities, especially for helping animals and always raised a lot of money with the, the Oakland ballet when he was a manager of the A's. So obviously you know, we wish the man well, okay? But here's the deal. An interesting thing has happened. The White Sox have started to play very, very well, thank you very much. And in this critical series against Minnesota, the only way to describe it is bananas. You had the wild comeback victory, which looked like at one point it was a walk-off hit by pitch after a game-tying hit by pitch. But then it turns out he wasn't hit by the pitch, uh, uh, Abreu, but he got the game-winning knock anyway. And then today, they handed the ball to Dylan Cease. Now, Dylan Cease has become the ace of this team. Lucas Giolito has not fulfilled that role. He was supposed to be this great, tremendous talent. And while he pitches a bunch of innings, he's, he's been unreliable. Michael Kopech, is that how you pronounce his name? Uh, I, I've never said his name out loud. If I did, I forgot. You know, he's going through injuries. Lance Lynn has pitched pretty well recently, but hasn't been able to be that, you know, the great pitcher he was last year. Johnny Cueto actually had a tremendous week last year. He's been a good pickup. But Dylan Cease has quietly become a Cy Young contender. You like wins? He's got 13 of them. You like an ERA? It's in the low twos. You like innings pitched? Well, he threw a complete game today which means he has 156 innings pitched and you know he's approaching 200 strikeouts with a low walk total but today he took a no hitter to within one out 
of the ninth inning. And those are the most frustrating ones. He gets the one out away. And especially the game was an absolute, you know, it was a, it was a manhandle. It was 13 bagel at that point. But, you know, they let up this, he let up a single with one out in the, the top of the ninth inning. And, uh, you know, it just happened. He just happened to be facing uh, Luis Arise, who leads the league in hitting. So there's no real shame in that. But a bunch of things kind of all are coming together that seem to be, you know, coinciding with the time that Tony LaRussa has left for health reasons and they've handed the car keys over to Miguel Cairo. Miguel Cairo, a baseball lifer. Miguel Cairo, who is you know younger than me, which is scary. The, the managers are younger than me. And the team seems to be playing quite well against Minnesota, no less, who is one of the teams that they're fighting with, with Cleveland, to get the uh, that final spot. Now, the White Sox went on an absolutely awful stretch where let's go one, two, three, for um, for eleven in an eleven game stretch where they won two games, which looked like it totally buried the team. They were four games under five hundred at one point. They had fallen six games off the pace. It was an embarrassment. Just as recently as if you go all the way back, all the way back to August thirtieth, you know. Earlier this week, they were three games under 500 and six games out of first. Season's over. Well, now they're above 500. And not only are they above 500, but they are creeping back in to the into the actual uh, uh, division race. I mean, they are two games out of first. Two games out of first with about a month to play. And Cleveland, I mean, Cleveland's on a free fall right now. Minnesota has obviously lost their last three games. Two games out of first. Three back of the loss column, but still. The White Sox can win. You know, Metallica's up here talking about, you know, Dylan Cease is so good as soon as he got his control on his pitches, his stuff shows. Yeah, they got themselves an ace. And with this, we are looking at the fact that though the White Sox are playing the Twins a bunch more times along the rest of the way. And guess what? The rest of their schedule, and this is a dangerous thing to do, to look ahead and say, oh, they got this game that against a team that stinks and that game against a team that stinks because inevitably those teams are the teams that can rise up and beat you because they've circled the calendar too. But they've got a few games against Seattle, and Seattle's obviously an excellent team this year. Then they got games against Oakland and Colorado. They got one makeup game with Cleveland, then to Detroit. Cleveland again. By the time they get to Cleveland in late September, they could be battling for first place. And then they finish the season with Detroit. Okay. They, they're not a great team. Minnesota, obviously a contender. The Padres will probably be fighting for their lives of the twins. So the final week of the season 
is going to be a bunch of games with Minnesota, who will be fighting for their playoff lives, San Diego, who will be playing for their playoff lives, and this season with uh, Minnesota. And Metallic is on here. He's he's watching the show. Thanks so much for being on here. Uh, he says Cleveland right now is having the same issue as the Yankees where their offense is getting shut out, but their pitching hasn't been that bad. Well, that's true. In fact, the Cleveland's pitching has been very good all year. And the period of time when they started to really get their act together was when the bats, led by Jose Ramirez, really started doing the job well. And it looked like they were about to put the aft thrusters on and put the twins in the rearview mirror. Well, think about what this will, could happen, though. This very simple scenario of two events. Let's say the Seattle Mariners beat Cleveland tomorrow. That's one game. And the White Sox also win. Let's say those two events happen. I'm not saying a, a, a vast connection of like, you know, all these different things coming together in this weird conspiracy theory. Those two games, the Mariners win, the White Sox win. If those two things happen, then we are going into Labor Day with three teams within one game of first place in the American League Central, which could lead to what I really, really want, which is complete and total anarchy. Now, we're going to get a little bit to the Yankees, what's happening there. But first, I'm going to bring up this message from NHTSA. Now, are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stoned? And what's the worst that could happen? You end up driving below the speed limit? It's no big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is, your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You don't only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzzkill. So stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. All right? If you've been using marijuana in any form, don't get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Get high. And you drive, you'll get a DUI. It's a message from NHTSA. Um, by the way, I know some people have pushed back on that, uh, the public service message we made about driving high. You know, don't do it. Think about your, 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 your everyone slows down. And if, you, if your reaction time slowed down while you're driving, I mean, look, I'm not saying, I'm not, it's not a moral judgment. It's just true. Just get an Uber. If you ever want to just get, get an Uber or a Lyft or whatever, no one's sponsoring this, so just do it. It's so easy to just have someone else drive you around. All right, I'm not preaching, but I mean, come on. Let's just, not, there's no moral judgments. Do what you want, but just let's make the driving part, you know, how do I say, uh, less awful. Uh, hey, Metallic, who's been on here posting stuff left and right, said Cleveland's been shut out four times within the week, and that's pretty bad. Um, We'll go over to the Yankees right now. The Yankees are playing this absolutely critical series with Tampa Bay. And, you know, there's an expression that says you know, they didn't even show up. Now, the Yankees have shown up. But if you are playing a critical series, you have to play, you have to have a result that's better than if you didn't show up. And let me explain what I mean by that. Let's say the Yankees went to Tampa, and on Friday they just said, screw it. We don't have it in us today. I don't want to do this game. 
We're just going to stay in our hotel. We're going to, you know, we're going to binge watch Resident Alien. Funny show, by the way. You should watch it. And just, you know, and then order in some takeout from Panda Express, and we'll show up on Saturday. But that means you'll forfeit the game. Yeah, but, you know, we don't have it in us. Just forfeit the game. Let's say the Yankees did that. It would have gone down as a forfeit. The Rays win nine to nothing. Well, what happened on Friday? The Yankees showed up. Uh, Herman actually pitched pretty well, but the final score was nine to nothing. So the final result of the Friday game was the same as if they stayed in the hotel, binge watching Resident Alien and having stuff brought over from Panda Express. You have to play better than a result that would equal staying home and binging food and a television show. Well, today that was a little bit better. Uh, you know, they faced Corey Kluber, and but the defense has been dreadful. They've gotten like three hits with runners in scoring position out of their last 30 or 40 at-bats. In two games, the Yankees have scored a grand total of one run. One run over 18 innings. And that one run was a solo home run by Aaron Judge. So other than a ninth inning, kind of garbage time home run, granted it made it 2-1. to one. Did anybody think the Yankees were going to rally? No. So, you know, even if the Yankees win 27-1 to one on Sunday, they still lost the series. Now, let me tell you something. As someone who has grown up as a Red Sox fan and everything, this does feel like 2011 when the Red Sox spiraled. Okay? <laughs> yeah, it point out that Aaron Judge is batting leadoff to get him more at bat. Sure, he's the only one hitting. Why not? If you have someone, who who do you want to have more at-bats than Aaron Judge? Who, uh, Kiner Falefa? LeMahieu? Fumbling and bumbling Donaldson? Or Giancarlo Stanton, whose swing is all messed up? Rizzo's hurt. Benintendi's hurt. They Every single day, there's a new lineup. You know, the Yankees do feel like that 2011 Red Sox team. Because one of the things that made that team spiral and spiral badly was the fact that they kept losing series. Yeah, they would lose a bunch of games in a row, but they would also just lose two out of three, three out of four. And those add up after a while. Now, the Yankees have a cushion that the Red Sox did not have in 2011, which was there was only one wild card spot in 2011. Now they're three. Or if I was German in uh, Inglorious Bastards, there's three. God bless you if you get that reference. But the fact of the matter is, this losing two out of three here, three out of four there, is what's causing this. This isn't a slump. The Yankees have been playing badly for a, a giant chunk of this year. Think about this for a second. Think about this. From the trade deadline... At the end of July to Labor Day, which is day after tomorrow, the Yankees have won one series. One. In more than a month, one series. That two-game series they had with the Mets, where they won those two games there. Okay? 
And they've played some very good teams, to be sure, but they've also played some punching bags. The Angels are a punching bag. The A's are a punching bag. And they sometimes you're like, okay, they're playing down to the competition. Well, no, they did they they played a game where they should have stayed in the hotel on Friday, as I pointed out. And they've lost the series. If everything goes right, they've still dropped the game to the uh to the Rays in the standings. They came in six ahead. Best case scenario is they'll leave five ahead. And they still have a bunch of games with them. And there's, I'm telling you, folks, no batter on this team is a threat other than Judge. Why would you pitch to Judge? We're approaching Barry Bonds' territory here. You know? What is Metallic saying in the chat right now? He is saying that uh, Judge is the only real threat in the lineup. Teams know which uh, which leads team to just walk in, pitching around them. Giancarlo and Rizzo have been hurt over and over. That's true. Giancarlo looks bad. And here's the other thing. You know, remember, you know, the trading of Montgomery is is awful. It's a terrible trade. You know, the bringing of Montas hasn't helped. Uh, the, the great moves they made was a lateral move of, of uh, Montgomery to uh, Montas in the starting rotation and bringing in Harrison Bader, who I am tied with in games played. They haven't solved their outfield. They made a trade. They traded a major league pitcher to solve the outfield problem, and yet the outfielder they acquired hasn't played yet. Okay? And still Cashman's going to keep his job. But that's that's a, that's a conversation for another time. Um, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, I was saying that if you took a stretch, if you took a 162-game stretch, roughly between last 4th of July and this 4th of July, the Yankees had, over a 162-game stretch, had a record of 110 and 52. During a, They had a 162-game stretch where they would have played, would have had the second greatest season for a 162-game schedule in Yankee history. 162-game stretch doing that. Um, and in the games other than that from the last two years, they are 11 games under 500. And as I said the other day, if the Yankees had just timed that 110 win season with the beginning of the year, they would have had a great year either last year or this year. And what that kind of reminds me of is actually what happened with San Francisco. San Francisco have kind of a similar record over the last two years. Except the Giants had that great stretch where they won 107 games starting an opening day last year. And they've had the mediocre sub-500 season opening day this year. So they had the one magical season that didn't end so magically in October. But the regular season was uh, an absolute joy if you were a Giants fan. And then they've had this year, which has completely been a mediocre, forgettable year. The Yankees are going to make the playoffs this year. But does anybody think they're going to advance far? You know, the whole proverbial flip the switch, and people will bring up the 2000 Yankees or the 2006 St. Louis Cardinals, but those teams just had bad Septembers. They had bad stretches at the end of the year. 
the Yankees were a good team going into the final month, and they had a lousy September, and they did turn it in on in October. The Cardinals were a good team going to uh, that September. They had a lousy September, but they wound up playing well, and obviously both of those teams went on to win the World Series, even though neither one won 90 games in the regular season. This is not flipping on a switch time. This is more than a month. This is about a month and a half of the Yankees being bad. And let's, I mean, let's go back to the way back machine here. Let's go to uh, baseballreference.com, the single greatest website in the history of the planet Earth, and take a quick peek and say that when, when they had their peak moment of a 15 and a half game lead was on July 8th, everything was coming up roses. And so that's, uh, that's almost two months ago. That's almost two months ago, and they're 18 and 31 cents. That's not a slump. And I'll tell you something else. This has allowed other American League teams to climb in and start having delusions of grandeur. Have you noticed the Orioles are on a four-game winning streak? Tampa's on a five-game winning streak, but the Orioles are too. And I mentioned the White Sox earlier in the, in the podcast. The Jays have won their last few games. You know, you know, a lot is being made of the Yankees only being three games back in the lost column of Tampa Bay. They're only five games back in the lost column of Toronto. They're only uh, seven games ahead in the lost column against Baltimore. Is it possible the Orioles could play eight games better than the Yankees the rest of the way? It's not likely. Now, you know, Talk is pointing out that Nestor Cortez is coming back soon, but you don't know what full, what strength some of these pitchers are going to be on who are coming off of the injured list. You don't know if Harrison Bader, you know, we're, we're right now almost a week into September. You don't know what you're going to get out of Harrison Bader if he comes back the last few weeks. You don't know if Nestor Cortez is going to be at full strength over these last bunch of weeks. I mean, if you're Baltimore, you're licking your chops. You've got nothing to lose. So what we are potentially getting here, oh, and by the way, Seattle is only four games back in the lost column of the Yankees. There's a possibility that the Yankees could lose the division and not even host a wild card series. What we could potentially have in the American League is that glorious word, which is, say it with me, folks, anarchy. We had it a few years ago when you had the – the, all the divisions tied at the end of the year. Remember when the Rockies and the Dodgers tied and it was, uh, who was the other one that was tied? It was, um, oh God, why am I forgetting? Why am I forgetting? Oh, it was uh, uh, Milwaukee and Chicago. And so they had to play a tiebreaker and then a wild card from the tiebreaker. It was, it was, it was fantastic. It was fantastic. Um, Seattle, this is again, Metallic is my co-host today. Uh, Seattle wants the Yankees to be the wild card because the tiebreaker favors Seattle. Uh, only team that doesn't hold that over at the race. Doesn't I, you know what? I don't care so much about tiebreaker scenarios and everything like that. Or who's going to face who? Who's going to face what? You know, I, when you start circling teams, oh, I hope they play this team. You know, it, it, it doesn't just get in the dance and hey, you have to beat. You're going to play a good team no matter what. But you could have potential anarchy in you – know, last year, remember the final weekend of the season? 
and you have the Red Sox and the Yankees and um, the Astros and the Mariners. And it was everyone seemed to be, you know, in clumped together, figure out who's going to do what. And Baltimore, I love Baltimore. Baltimore with lots of young kids who were in the minor leagues earlier this year could be thinking, hey, what if we play the playoffs this year? Why not? What do we have to lose? So I want to see anarchy. And the only way anarchy can, and, and the one thing that's rest assured is the Astros are going to have the top spot. Astros won eight of their last 10. The Astros have been just winning their winning their way through it. So that's the top. We know the top spot's going to be that. But, uh, and we also know that the American League East is going to have the other top spot because Cleveland can't get out of their way and you could have potentially have a scrum for that central role. I've said it once, I've said it again. We are going to have an American League champion this year that makes you go, what? Really? Why? Anarchy. There's no one great team. And so it's just going to be who who elbows, who pulls a Kevin McHale and elbows their way into a spot and then roll the dice. Now, meanwhile, I've been saying that the, you know, the Mets and the Dodgers have the best records in the National League. You know, the Cardinals won again. I, I, I think the Cardinals are going to win the World Series. I honestly do. Braves look great. They were given another gift win. You don't win a game with a bases load walk. Oh, well, here we go. You know, and, you know, the Brewers are still hanging around. But, you know, there's, it's, it's getting, it's getting a little, it's getting late early in Milwaukee. You got to start, you start, the Phillies are trying their best to open that door for them. But, you know, you got to start putting together a big winning streak there, you know, Philadelphia. But the Mets got horrifying news today, and that is, um, you know, Metallic, Metallic, Metallic pointed out the, the Braves and the Nationals uh, did it the last two years. There was a full 162-game season. Yeah, I've been saying that for the last bunch of weeks, that it's really good. It's why I've said I think the Cardinals are going to win the World Series because they remind me of the Braves and the Nationals. They're not going to have the best record in the National League for the whole season. They're going to be the best team put together for a playoff run. We're seeing that there are holes in the Dodgers with some of the injuries to their pitching staff. They may not even have a consulate for the postseason. When you have someone being put on the injured list in September, guess what? That means October's right around the corner. You don't know if someone's going to be at full strength at that point. And Max Scherzer, the linchpin of the Mets playoff hopes, World Series hopes. The reason why they they paid him all the money in the world for two seasons has left, left the game against Washington a game that the Mets should win. You know, when you talk about like, oh, they've this team has a light schedule, that team has a light schedule, the, the Nationals are a minor league team right now. And I'm sure Bet fans circled that game. Oh, they're playing the Nationals at home? Gee whiz, I wonder if the Mets are going to win that game. Guess what? They didn't. The game started by Scherzer because Scherzer was taken out of the game early. Now, all things being said right now, say that it's a precaution. You better hope it is. The Braves are only two games back. Now, I think the Mets are going to win the division because they've been holding off the Braves all year long. But if this is more than a precaution for Scherzer, that's not good news for the Mets. 
This is why I think the Cardinals are going to do it. Because there's going to be holes on the teams. Now look at The Mets have a healthy DeGrom, healthy Scherzer, healthy Bassett, healthy Carrasco, healthy Taiwan Walker, healthy Diaz, healthy Pete Alonso, healthy Lindor, healthy Kana, healthy Marte. If all of them are on all four full cylinders, then the Mets are going to be incredibly deep. They're going to be deep. They're going to be like a philosophy discussion. That's how deep they will be. But if they have holes in their team, wouldn't that be the ultimate middle finger to Brian Cashman if the Yankees spiral out of control with after the trade deadline and Montgomery pitches the Cardinals to the World Series title? They'll still give him a 10-year contract extension because, I don't know, he, he has photographs of somebody. I don't understand why Cashman has such a great job security, but I digress. Oh, this is the best time of the year. I had, four, as I said at the beginning of the show, I had four devices. I had, a, I had a, the, the television was playing one game, and I had uh, my old cell phone, my, my current cell phone, my tablet, and the four games were playing at the same time. So great. I had the the um, the Rays game, the Rays Yankees game here, the Baltimore Oakland game being played there, the Dylan Cease near no hitter being placed there, and on the television was uh, uh, Seattle versus Cleveland. And guess what? The beauty of baseball and why baseball <sighs> trumps. I'm not. That's not a political statement. It's, it's an expression. Baseball trumps football, at least for me. Because if you're a big football fan, you have a big day like that, and all your red zone stuff going around, that's it. You got you got to wait another week. For me, I get to do it again tomorrow. I get to do a Labor Day too. And um, when we do the Labor Day show, I'm going to just give you one tiny little preview that I have a belief that if your team is a in a playoff spot, a division spot, wild card spot on Labor Day. When you wake up on Labor Day morning, your team's a playoff team. I think the front office can take a bow and say, thank you very much. We gave you a summer of fun. Now the last four weeks are a coin flip. You can't ask more from a front office realistically than being in a position for a playoff spot on Labor Day morning. Now, maybe some of you feel like you owed more than that. Maybe some of you should have higher expectations. But in the end, this is entertainment for the summer. And if your team is a contender, when the summer wraps up, they did their job. Uh, last comment from Metallic. Uh, Cardinals are well-rounded. There isn't a lot of injury issue, issues. Goals from getting World Series MVP would be a wonderful story. I think so, too. But chances are the, the uh, MVP will be someone we're not even thinking about. Corey Dickerson or someone will win the MVP. That's usually how the MVPs go. You're like, wait, who won? Wait, what? Jorge Soler won the MVP? Steve Pierce won the MVP? What the hell is going on here? A lot of times that's exactly what happens. But, hey, I know I'm going to be doing this podcast. Uh, if those of you watching on the stream live, thanks for jumping in here. It was a little spontaneity from your pal Sully. I'm going to be recording a show tomorrow. I'm sure on Monday, Tuesday, I'll just keep doing it. I'm going to just keep doing it. Um, Metallic says Jose Quintana 
is going to be the World Series MVP. If it imagine being Jordan Montgomery, you'd almost have to fire Cashman immediately, as Harrison Bader is still in a full body cast. Uh, I do want to just reiterate this before anyone tries to misinterpret what I'm saying. Uh, get well soon, Tony Larusa. Look at I, I. You're a human being first, and we want you to be well. Um, and get well, American League Central. Make that race for one spot a heck of a lot of fun down the stretch. And uh, let's have ourselves some anarchy. Um, and by the way, just again, I, I can't thank you all enough for making Locked On MLB for many of you your first listen every day. Make your second listen. Go check out the Ultimate Pro Football 2022 show. It's a preview from the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's an eight-episode extravaganza where you can check out the previews for the NFL season. You got local team experts for the Lockdown Podcast Network, plus a betting angle from Lee Sterling and Lockdown Bets, all combining into one ultimate National Football League preview. Search for the new Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Talking about how the White Sox have risen from the ashes like the great phoenix and has issues and images. I meant to say images, but this is live, so I can't correct myself. Has images of a trip to the World Series dancing in their head. And the New York Yankees are doing their best impersonation of the 2011 Red Sox. They may be serving beer and fried chicken in the clubhouse. And Max Scherzer... Look at whether you like the Mets or whether you don't like the Mets, get well because our postseasons are always better when our aces are healthy. This is Locked on MLB. I'm recording this on the third day of September 2022. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.